All right, so we are halfway through our um, Faith and Miracles series, which means today is part five. So this is a 10-part series. It's kind of a long one. I think we started this in August, so August, September, and October with a couple of breaks. Um, But I don't know about you, but I've been hearing some things that God is doing in people's lives. And then also, we've been seeing some pretty crazy stuff here on Sundays. And so I am expecting God to show up today. I'm expecting him to do things in our lives today. Every Sunday I have a prayer that, that is, is this for everybody that comes in here, that we leave in a better way than when we came into this building. Amen. This is just a building, but it's where we as a church family come together to hear the word of God and to spend time with each other. And in all of those interactions, whether it's worship, the sermon, the announcements, talking to our friends, God is there. And so my prayer is that when you leave here, you leave here in a better place spiritually than when you came. And so next Sunday, I'm excited because Paul Diani is going to share with us. I think it's a a topic that's close to his heart. So I think it's kind of who he is. And then on October 2nd, we're going to take a break. We're going to have Pastor Melanie Forsyth Lee from Life Vineyard. She will be here. And then on October 9th, Kim is going to pick us back up with the Faith and Miracles series. And then, on October 16th, uh, we're going to still be doing this series, but I'm going to interview um, Dr. Dave Kessig, and he's going to talk about Luke's Brigade, which is his mission in um, getting... What he does is he, he, he does um, first aid instruction, and then he distributes first aid kits in remote areas around the world. So on October 16th, we're going to take up a special offering for Luke's Brigade. Those kits are $15 each. So just kind of be in prayer for that. And then what else is happening in October? There's a bunch of other things. Um, Oh, chili cook-off. The chili, just one or two. (laughs) So a couple people will make chili that day. (laughs) Um, And then we also have our family Halloween party. So we have a lot coming up here in the next month or so. And then we'll be sliding into the Christmas season. Who's excited for that? Yes. As a matter of fact, I was at Lowe's and I was so glad they were already putting up the lights for sale. I'm getting ready. I'm going to go buy some lights probably this week. So get ready. Yes, I am that guy. I certainly am. So today though, let's get into it. Today we're going to be looking at, you know what else I like to do? Gardening. And today we are going to look at how gardening is one of the components when it comes to experiencing the unexplained events of God. Gardening? Yes. Because gardening is often talked about in the Bible when it comes to the principles of God, the laws of God, the way the kingdom of God operates. Gardening is often an analogy that's used. And I love it because I garden, and every time I'm in the garden, there's always a scripture or a story that Jesus said that flows through my head. My, my favorite one is he, he said, don't pull up the weeds before it's too soon. And every time I think about that, and when you pull up a weed when it's around a good plant, it has a tendency to do what? Pull up that good plant too. So let the weeds grow up with the good plants and let Jesus take care of it. <laughs> That's a tough one. But to lay the foundation for today's message, we are going to be in the book of Galatians, chapter 6. We're going to read a passage from here, and then we're going to kind of break it down a little bit, tie in a couple other scriptures with it. 
Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. This is the Apostle Paul uh, writing a letter to the church in Galatia. He says this, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. So that last verse there, verse, uh, what is that, verse 10, we're not really going to kind of dwell on that, but I did want to touch on that for a minute there. As followers of Jesus, we should do good to everyone. And then he says, especially those in the family of faith. Uh, sometimes I used to think, like, are we playing favorites with, like, our church family? But really what I think is, th- think of this. Think of it like this. Those of us that used to hang out in bars, okay? Isn't everybody welcome? Who used to watch Cheers? I know that's kind of dating myself, but Cheers, right? A place where everybody knows your name, and it's a bar, and it's unconditional. If you spill your drink, people will help you clean it up. If you make a mistake, people will help you. If you're having a bad day, people will come around you. But what happens in a church when we make a mistake? Sometimes it's kind of hard to find somebody to help us, isn't it? Sometimes, sometimes when we say the wrong thing, our apology is never good enough because somebody was offended. We get very easily offended in the church. And I think this is trying to tell us something, especially to those in the family of faith. And something that, that I've been, you know, every now and then I go through these seasons where God is speaking to me about things, and right now he's speaking to me about this. Always look for the good. Always look for the good. It's harder because it's in our human nature. I was just talking about this to somebody earlier this week. It's in our nature to find the bad because it's easier But if we look for the good, do you know what we have? Better thoughts in our heads. We're not complaining about people. We're finding ways to encourage people. So I just want to throw that out there. That's my little sidetrack, and we'll get back to it. So so this passage right here on the screen is the foundation for God's law of planting and harvesting, otherwise known as sowing and reaping. We're going to change the the language a little bit to fit to our 21st century. It's planting and harvesting. And when it comes to planting, casting seeds, right, we don't go through life planting one seed at a time. We spread a bunch out. That's how we're supposed to do this. It's kind of like in actual gardening. So this is kind of near to me because I am a gardener. I, 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 I plant, uh, I have an indoor garden in the winter with lettuce and basil and parsley, herbs and stuff, cilantro. And, and then in, in March, I start the tomatoes and the, and the peppers. And I don't just put one seed in there. For lettuce, I put, a, I put as many as I can fit in that pot. Same with the basil, because they're tiny little seeds. And for the peppers and the tomatoes, I put four or five seeds in there. Because you never know which ones are not going to come up. And in order to have a good harvest, you got to plant many. When you plant uh, cucumbers, zucchinis, squash, a um, couple other kinds of plants, you put them in clusters of threes and four, right? You put a little hole and you put some stuff in there. Ivana is, she's already know. She's, see, Ivana's way, way ahead of me when it comes to gardening. 
But you, you put clumps of three or four in there together because one of them might not come up, so it's, it's planting for a good harvest. Green beans, sugar snap peas, what do you do? You put them in a row. Every two inches, you put a, you put a seed. And then when some of them don't come up, you put in more seeds. You want to put in as much seeds in there as you can. When I do uh, carrots and lettuce and uh, basil in the garden, I just throw it in there. I throw as much as I can in there so that I can, I can reap a good harvest. And that's what the Word of God is telling us here. For the best results of a good harvest, we have to spread as much seeds as we can because that's where our miracles are found when we're looking for a good harvest, when we plant as much as we can. And we must also be thinking about what we are planting. It's possible that we're planting the wrong kinds of seeds as we go through life. Look at this, verse eight. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. That word Spirit is capitalized. That means the Holy Spirit. Those who live to please God's Holy Spirit will harvest everlasting life from God's Holy Spirit. This is a law of God's that is no different than the law of gravity, no different than the law of physics. I'm not a physicist, but I do know gravity. We all know gravity, especially when we fall. We trust gravity, right? When we got out of bed this morning, did we, did we brace ourselves in case we would float through the room? No, we knew that once we stood up, we were going to be connected to the ground because it's gravity. It's a law. And so this law of, harvest, of planting and harvesting, it is truth in every sense of the meaning. And if we ignore this law, we live a life of destruction. We plant seeds that harvest unhealthy crops, unhealthy results. But if we press into this principle, the law of God's, and plant good things, we will experience the blessings that God has for us in every area of life. But we've got to be intentional about it. See, this, this is what, when we're intentional on planting good seeds, this is what gives us the opportunity to experience the unexplained events of God in our lives. The unexplained events of God are the miracles. I don't know how it happened. I was praying. Uh, my friends said they were praying. I asked for some prayer. Everybody's, it happened. I don't know how it happened. We know that God did something for us. That's a miracle. Some of these things I'm talking about today that if you're kind of like, I don't understand what he means. Well, I would encourage you, if you haven't uh, listened to all of this series, go back to the first one. Go to our website, vineyard05.com. Go to part one, and you'll see wh where, where we're at with that. But the key to all of this is that our hearts need to be in the right place. See, we must have the right motive as to why we're planting the seeds we're planting. Remember, you cannot mock the justice of God. You can't say, well, I want to have a good harvest, so I'm going to do this, and then have anger in your heart. I'm, I want a good harvest, so I'm going to do what it says, and then have 
you know, hidden sin in your heart, things that you're doing that nobody else knows. You can't mock the justice of God. You can't do it. The motive of our hearts when planting is key to experiencing everything that God has for us. It's like this. Everything starts with a seed. This is planting and harvesting 101. If you don't put any seeds in the ground, you're not going to get a harvest. Every idea started with a seed. Every dream, every achievement, every nation started with a seed, a, a, a thought, an idea. The church started with a seed. Jesus said, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it will not rise up. He was speaking of himself. A thought is planted, a dream is dreamt, and someone with the drive to be proactive in pursuing the growth of that harvest began the gardening process. You've got to have a drive. You've got to be proactive. You've got to be looking around you. What am I, what am I doing? Who do I want to invest in? How do I want to do this? And so what do we mean? What, what exactly am I talking about with these seeds? A seed can be anything that we give away. The seed can have value or the seed can be damaging. The seeds can be words and the seeds can be actions. The seeds we plant determine the harvest we receive. And it often, it often takes us to be the change. We're not going to reap a good harvest if we're praying for God to change this person or these people in my life. That's not being proactive. To me, that's sitting back and saying, God, please change the people around me while I sit here and watch you do something. It's not going to work. I mean, it might, but we have to make the difference. As followers of Jesus, we have to be the ones to say, God, can you help me understand why this person or these people act this way so that I can be a good representative of your kingdom. And here's another little, little I'm going to give you, a, here's another, another little nugget. This is a free one. God, help me see them the way you see them. I promise you, with the right heart, the right motive, and you're being proactive with this, God will start showing you things about that person or people that you had no idea. Maybe they're like that because of things they experienced in the past. Maybe they're like that because something, something somebody has done to them. And if you start, you start planting good seeds in their life or around them, they're going to know. Here's another thing. I'm probably getting ahead of myself. They're going to know somebody else is going to come along and they're going to water that seed. They're going to say something or do something that's going to make that person feel better. And that's the Holy Spirit watering that seed. We're going to get into that in a minute. We plant the seeds. We plant as many seeds as we can. God's going to use somebody else to come along and water it. We're all going to reap a harvest because we're doing things within the kingdom of God. It's a law of God's. The seeds we plant determine the harvest we receive. And we need to be the ones to make the difference. How about this? If we're struggling financially, as followers of Jesus, if we're struggling financially, I'm willing to bet seeds of tithing need to be planted. Tithing is when we give the first 10% of our income to God. And, and I always correct myself because in our family, we don't see it as our income. It's the money that God has brought into our house. We don't have the jobs that we have, Kim and I, because we went out there and worked really, really hard and did it. We, we did, but God provided that. 
in our being proactive to be hard workers, God has blessed us with some jobs. And tithing is a principle of God's. That it, it's, it's based on trust. Here's the thing. Do you trust God with the money he's already given you? With 10%, that's all it is. Everybody I talk to that needs prayer because they're struggling financially, the first question I ask is, are you tithing? And their answer is always no. And I promise you, if you start tithing, you will see a shift in your, in your financial wisdom, in the protection over your home, and everything else. We'll get into that. We're going to get into that a little bit later, too. So, so listen, words of encouragement are seeds that build others up. And at the right time, our Father in heaven will bring a blessing, will bring a harvest of encouragement in our lives. How about this? Experience. Investing in somebody with the life's experience that you have in order to help them further themselves in life is they have value. Those seeds have value to them. If you run a business or you run a team of people or you have somebody that you're trying to train and you, so you, start, help, you start giving them your life's experience, here's how, you know what, you don't want to go down that road because I did and trust me, don't. Uh, the experience that we've lived in life that we can help somebody else are seeds that have value to them. Again, a seed can be anything. Giving of our time, giving of our money, appreciation, wisdom, a helping hand, Anything that we see that can help somebody around us that we know will usher in the kingdom of God. Seeds are anything that have value to them. So what are we planting as we go through life? Seeds of unity or disunity? Seeds of kindness or crankiness? Seeds that build others up or tear them down? Financial seeds... Where is our investment going? And Jesus, you know the two most things that Jesus talked about was money and hell. There's, there's a reason for that. But in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. So again, in our family, for me, my treasure is in my eternal destination. My earthly treasure is sitting right here. Kim is my earthly treasure. My children are our family. That's my treasure. But my eternal destination is where my treasure is. That is where our treasure is, the kingdom of heaven. So we will invest as much as we can in that. Tithing and giving above the tithe is a twofold blessing that you get. Tithing, tithing puts a, an umbrella of protection over your household, over your home doesn't mean that you're never going to run into problems. As a matter of fact, you're going to. But what it means is you now have placed yourself in a position to receive supernatural wisdom and supernatural resources to help you through that. We never worry about anything. Car breaks down, it's fine. It'll get fixed. We'll figure it out. There's, we've never lacked for anything, and we attribute it to tithing, 100%. See, God, here's what happens. God takes care of us in the here and now, and at just the right time, financial breakthroughs and miraculous moves of God happen in our lives. Appliance breaks down, not a problem. We're not going to fret about it. It'll, it'll take care of itself. Why? 
Because God is taking care of us. We trust in this and we expect it. And he's never let us down yet. From the moment we began tithing, he's never let us down. As a matter of fact, I'm so happy that in my early walk with God, I didn't even have to think about that. I just started giving. I just felt it was what I had to do. And I saw God move in so many mighty ways that I'll never stop giving to his kingdom. And see, while we're giving to things here on this earth, we are storing up treasure in heaven. It's kingdom investments that result in a harvest here on this earth and in our eternity. And we have no idea what's happening in eternity. I I don't know exactly how all this works, but I know that because of our tithing and giving above and beyond the tithe, we don't ever worry about our finances, ever. As a matter of fact, when I see things coming up a little bit more, I'm going to actually plant more seeds and give more because I expect God to move in that way. I know that he will. And we, our family, Kim and I, experience more miracles of God because we trust him to do more with the money that he has already supplied us with than we could ever do ourselves. He takes care of all of it. Now, remember, the seeds we plant determine the harvest we receive. And nothing happens until the seed is planted. And the harvest we receive will often be the unexplained, the miraculous moves of God, the things that we just we didn't see coming and we don't know how they worked out. But in verse 9, Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Man, that's tough. Uh, you know, I got to be honest. I don't always want to do what is good. Sometimes I, I want to let somebody have it the way they gave it to me if I'm being honest. But let's not get tired of doing what is good. (laughs) At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See? Don't ever get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. You know, I have come to find out that God never moves and shows up when I want him to. It's always at the last minute. And I think it's, it's a funny part of our relationship. I don't know if that's how it works with you, but that's how it works with us. And I'm just like, could really use some help, <laughs> Jesus. And at just the right time, every time, Even when I think he's a little bit late, it's just the right time. And so what the scripture is telling us is don't give up. Don't ever give up on God. He'll never give up on us. We are human beings. We're impatient people, and we see things in the natural, but we have to understand that he moves in the supernatural. And we, as believers in Jesus, have one foot in the natural and one foot in the supernatural world. And in the supernatural world is where God starts ushering in miracles in our natural world. So don't ever give up. Never give up. At just the right time, our needs will be met. And so what we're talking about here is kingdom-minded, intentional living. You have to understand that this is kingdom stuff here. 
This is the laws of God type of stuff here. This is where the justice of God moves in our lives. For instance, God, I don't think it's fair that this happened. Well, you might not think it's fair, but God saw it as just, and just is the right thing. So when the justice of God moves in our lives, we've got to move with it. God, I, don't, I would have done that a little bit differently, but since that's how you did it, I'm going to move with it. I'm going to follow your lead, Jesus, because I trust in the process of what you're doing with, with the way I am being intentional in my kingdom-minded living. We are naturally supernatural when we live like this. And what we are doing when we are kingdom-minded is we are shining the light of and sharing the good news of Jesus wherever we go. Wherever we go. Have you ever had one of those things where you left the conversation and you felt that nudge to share something about Jesus? Share something he did for you and you didn't do it and you didn't do it. And then, and then you walked away and you're like, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's being kingdom-minded. Press into that. Say it. Because you might think you sound foolish, but it's the Holy Spirit that wants to speak to that person through you. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. That's kingdom-minded, intentional living. And that's planting seeds. And, and the seeds that you planted might have fumbled out of your mouth, but somebody else is going to come along and water it. And it's going to grow. Because the word of God does not return void. Whatever you do for the kingdom is going to come to life. That's the way it works. And this is why we need to have a solid understanding about God's law of planting and harvesting because it's a part of our lives. And it is something that is established by acts of faith. We've got to move. Sometimes we have to be the ones to make the first move before we see God move in our lives. We have to trust the process of God's principles, of God's laws. Oftentimes, and more often than not, he's waiting for us to make the first move. I'm almost getting ahead of myself because I know what Paul and Kim are going to preach about. And I, I'm so excited. <laughs> Planting seeds, investing in someone, encouraging someone, giving money to a ministry. Sharing a talent that we have. I'll say it for you. It's risky. It's scary. It's intimidating. It takes me out of my comfort zone. And it's risky. Absolutely it's risky. Was it risky to leave the life that you were once living and to start following Jesus? It certainly was. I would say instead of being risky, let's call it exciting. It's exciting. Because we don't know what is happening after the seeds have been planted and the harvest is out there somewhere. We're planting seeds and somebody else is going to come along that God's going to use and they're going to water those seeds. Maybe you get to do the planting and the watering. But oftentimes there's more than one person in this process that God is using in somebody else's lives. And, and in other words, here's the deal. When I plant seeds in the garden in the springtime, right, at, at mid-May, I get super excited. It's, all, it's been on my mind since March. And I get out there and I dig my little holes and put my stuff in the dirt. 
and I water it with the hose, you know, because it's not ready for twice a week watering with the sprinklers. I can't go out there three days later and dig up the seeds to make sure they're starting to germinate. I'll ruin the process. I have to trust that in five days, ten days later, those seeds are going to start popping out of the ground. It's, it's, a tr- it's, a, it's trust. We have to trust the process. Otherwise, we'll ruin the process. We'll get in the way of what God is doing. There must be an element of trust when it comes to planting and harvesting, when it comes to investing in someone's life, when it comes to giving to a ministry, when it comes to tithing. Well, I'm going to tithe because you said it would be the best thing I ever did, and I've done it for two weeks now, and I'm not seeing any results. Give it some time. You're planting seeds. Give it some time. You know, I often have seeds. Sometimes they pop up within three or four days, and I'm like, whoa, that was quick. And then sometimes it takes them longer than normal, but I just keep going through the process. Keep watering. Keep nurturing. Keep watching. Keep moving. Be proactive. And trusting in Jesus is one of the components to experiencing the unexplained, the miracles of God. If we're not trusting in Jesus, we're not going to see the miracles. We might see a little bit, but trust is a process of it all. So listen to this. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus says this. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. What is he talking about here? He's talking about believers who share their faith. He's talking about sharing, we share Jesus. And our words and our actions when we do this are seeds that we're planting. And when they land on hearts that are receptive to the gospel, we don't know how it happens. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is doing something in that person's life. And while that person is going about their day-to-day routine, it is a mystery as to how the Holy Spirit can breathe life on the seeds that were planted. Maybe we planted some seeds. Maybe we gave an invite to church. Maybe they came to church. Maybe they didn't, but they're thinking about it. Then maybe somebody else came along and invited them to church, and they're like, well, that's twice in a week now. Maybe God's trying to tell me something. All the while, the Holy Spirit is doing something in that person's heart. Jesus said, it's a mystery. The seed sprouts and grows, but nobody understands how it works. And therefore, what happens is another soul comes into the kingdom of God. And that's what it's all about. That's what it is all about. When I, I go, go to Brazil every June for our missions trip, right? And there's a, the pastor at the church down there. His name is Anos, Pastor Anos. And he says, oh, all I do is plant seeds. This, this was a couple years ago. He said this to me, and it really stuck to me. I just plant seeds. Wherever I go, I plant seeds. And they, everything they do is on the rivers. And they go into these homes, and there's people with sick uh, children, and people who are hurting, and people whose lives are a mess, and people who are sick. And he says, I just plant seeds. That's all I can do is plant seeds, and God will bring somebody else by to water them. But I plant seeds wherever I go. As followers of Jesus, we should do that. Plant seeds wherever you go. 
Share your faith wherever you can. You know, I ran into a, I ran into a guy with my Vineyard Portel shirt on, and I ran into a guy at the grocery store, and he's like, Vineyard Portel? And I said, well, it's in Brazil. It's a church in Brazil. And he goes, well, I go to the uh, Vineyard Columbus. And all of a sudden, we just started talking. And you know what? It was like uplifting, I think, for both of us. But it was like, oh, from the same tribe, Vineyard. But who knows what God, you know what, it made me feel good. I actually put a smile on my face, and, and I think we both left that conversation uplifted. And I think that God was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you guys run into each other just so you both can have a better day. Not that my day was bad, but it was just like, wow, this is cool. See, as followers of Jesus, we need to be investing in others, sharing with others, giving to others. Planting seeds wherever we feel the Holy Spirit is leading us. Because we never know what is happening in the spiritual realm. The realm where God's Holy Spirit uh, resides, where he exists, where he works, where he operates. Where the unexplained happens, where the miracles happen, where all the good stuff happens that we get to experience. Where we're like, we're just real giddy and full of joy. But, but... Remember, it goes both ways. You cannot mock the justice of God. Galatians 6, 7, you will always harvest what you plant. And let me give you some examples. In the book of Job, Job said this, my experience shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. Hosea was a prophet of God's in the Old Testament. He was God's mouthpiece. This is what God said through him to the Israelites, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. But you have cultivated wickedness and harvested a thriving crop of sins. How would you like to be, that to be your message from God? Matthew chapter 7, Jesus, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Leak. One more, book of James. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. See what I'm saying? This is the word of God here. These are the laws of God's kingdom. This is how it works. And you know what? Even people who aren't followers of Jesus know this. Right? Just like the law of gravity, which is something that God orchestrated, the laws of God sometimes work both in his kingdom and outside of his kingdom. We know that people who, who, who cultivate uh, 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 wickedness and are mean and just aren't nice people, you know what? They're going to they're gonna harvest that very same thing. But as followers of Jesus, what kind of harvest do you want to receive? Peacemakers receive a harvest of righteousness. So we're teaching this today, church. This is a part of our Faith and Miracles series because if we want the best God has for us, we need to understand how his kingdom works, how it works here on this earth. None of this should be shocking to any of us. You're right. I have been there and I've harvested that. And some of you are like, yep, I'm right now I'm investing in somebody and I am seeing the results of some of this. And some of you right now, you're like, I want to dig that seed up and look at it because I don't think it's doing anything. But it is. Just keep pressing into it. You will always harvest what you plant. And so what are you planting in your marriage? 
What are you planting at home with your children? What are you planting at the workplace and in your friend group? Because the seeds we plant are the seeds we harvest. Seeds of discord or seeds of harmony? Seeds of judgment or seeds of acceptance? Seeds of encouragement or seeds that tear others down? It's really easy to get caught up in this. It is harder to plant seeds of unity, plant seeds of encouragement, plant seeds of harmony. But the harvest is what you want to reap from that. How about seeds of financial investment into the kingdom of God or seeds into worldly pleasures? So I want to, I want to kind of bring it home with this. This is a, uh, from Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And I love this, this, this book here because it was written by King Solomon. And if you know the story of King Solomon, he was a mighty man of God, like the Israelites after Solomon's reign often referred to the days of King Solomon as the good old days. Life was good. They had plenty to eat. As a matter of fact, so much that they ended up getting lazy and not paying attention to how things were supposed to be. It was the good old days with King Solomon. But, and King Solomon was the wisest man on earth. God said, what do you want? He said, I want wisdom. And he said, wisdom you shall have. But King Solomon fell away from the Lord led a life of sin for a long time, but then came back to the Lord. Does that story sound familiar? <laughs> and then he wrote this book. And Ecclesiastes is a book that shows two sides of the coin. And here's what he says in chapter 11, verse 4. Farmers, farmers, there it is again. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. Start your day out planting good seeds and stay busy. You know, we weren't meant to, you know what? We have a problem right now with people that don't want to work. Listen, go to any fast food place. Can you go inside anymore? No, you cannot because they don't have enough workers. Only the drive throughs open. You know they're profiting from that because it's less people they have to pay, but people don't want to work. We have uh, our trash pickup here. It's like, are you guys going to come pick up our trash? Well, we don't have any drivers can't find people to work. That's a problem because it is ungodly if you don't want to work. The Bible says plant good seeds in the morning and then stay busy all day. That's biblical. Work, your, work with all your might as unto the Lord because he's the one you're working for, not your human boss, even though you're working for your boss, but it's your father in heaven who sees what you're doing. It's just a little side note. <laughs> Henry, <and I. laughs> it's hard, man. I work, I, I work, I work, I work my feet off. And Kim, Kim works. We work hard, man. Because you know why? It's fulfilling. It is fulfilling that at the end of the day, you're like, 
whew, that was a hard day today. But you know what? God fills us up for the next day. Stay busy. Church, stay busy. All right, back to the teaching. So perfection paralyzes potential. Right? Look, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. Ivana, do you wait for the perfect day to get your garden going? You probably have a set day, boom, it's ready to go, right? I, I remember one year, it was raining so much, my, my garden was nothing but mud, but I, I, this was the day, and I went out there and did it. If you wait for the perfect weather, you'll never plant. If you watch every cloud, you'll never harvest. When I have enough money, I'll start tithing. When the time is right, I'll start investing in my children. Until they get their act together, I'm not going to help them. Does it sound familiar? Well, you know what? That day will never come. You're not going to start tithing. You're not going to invest in your children. You're never going to help that person. Because you're never going to have enough money. Your children are going to drive you bananas. And that person is always going to be like that unless somebody comes along and plants some good seed in their life. Waiting for the perfect moment is like God giving you a packet of the best seeds ever and you stick them in your pocket and keep them there. There's a story about that too in the Bible. They're never going to grow. We will never understand some of the mysteries of God's kingdom. And it takes trust and faith to understand that if we stay busy and plant seeds of a good crop in all that we do, at just the right time, we will experience the unexplained move of God in our lives. At just the right time. How many of us want to profit from God's goodness? Not everybody. How many of us want to profit from God's goodness? Yes, two hands. Listen, I have it in all caps. Then don't hold back. If you want all that God has for you, don't hold back because often God is saying, move. You got to move. If you don't do anything, I can't move with you. God will never ask us to do anything by ourselves. Did you know that? Because Jesus is our advocate and the Holy Spirit is our helper. They will lead us. They will move along with us and they will tell us when to press in and when to give above and beyond. And one thing is for certain, we cannot hold back when it comes to the law of planting and harvesting. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Miracles happen when we are proactive in all that we do for the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for teachings like this because they're so relatable and it's so real. And sometimes I think that we make things complicated. And so my prayer is that we get an understanding of how you want to move in our lives. Maybe some of you need to start tithing. Maybe some of you need to invest in your marriage, invest in your children, invest in that coworker. Maybe you need to invest in your boss. Maybe your boss needs an encouraging word from you. Whatever it is, I pray 
that as we move into a time of worship, that our hearts are receptive to what it is that God wants us to do. And if we are proactive in it, we will see him move in our lives and we can expect the miracles of God to come alive for us. Alive for us. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.